Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. One of my favourite times of the week is talking about football with uh, this man, Ricardo Ball. And uh, it's very, very interesting at this point of the season, not just on this side of the world because we've got playoff times in the A-League, but of course it's getting to the crunch time of the EPL at both ends of the table. Now, there are four games played this morning in the EPL. Chelsea, who are in third place, uh, mopped up Leeds 3-0. They had a player sent off Leeds. Uh, They're in trouble. Leicester 3-0 over Norwich. Watford, Everton, and they'll all draw. Crucial result there may be for Everton. Watford are gone. Uh, Wolves, Manchester City. Manchester City, as you would predict, they won comfortably, but they whopped them. Absolutely dealt to them. 5-1 away. So that was a great result, which means now, of course, Manchester City and Liverpool are both tied up. Uh, both have played 36 games, but uh, in terms of the points, Manchester City are three, three very valuable points ahead. At the other end of the table, Burnley are teetering on the edge, but Leeds United are doing a great job in digging themselves into a deep hole as well. Ricardo, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Smithy. Well wrapped up. Well, uh, mate, uh, crucial games, weren't they? Absolutely crucial times. You want to talk about a couple of players to-ing and throwing as well, but significance of that now with... Uh, with when you look at the table, Manchester City, uh, yeah, three points clear of Liverpool. Chelsea have wrapped up third. Arsenal still still floating around with Spurs, but uh, really just just starting to lose that race. More importantly, down the bottom there leads uh, leads an opportunity to maybe get a point out of Chelsea this morning, which could have been valuable, and they get a hiding as well. So, results pretty much going to plan there this morning. Pretty much, except for probably Everton. I mean, Watford, I think, it had uh, had not won at home in 11 games straight. So, you know, and, and they'd already been relegated. So for me, that's one that Everton could rue at the end of the season if Leeds can get um, uh, get their act together. But, I, I mean, looking at that at the moment, I don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, uh, they Leeds just keep shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, against Arsenal... Uh, last weekend, they had Luke Ayling, the captain, sent off for a really bad tackle, so bad that he's just been suspended for three games, so he won't play again this season. He's one of their key defenders as well. They've lost Stuart Dallas to injury, who's one of their key midfielders, uh, can play uh, various positions. And then Daniel James this morning, uh, will the score was still 1-0. Uh, he goes in two-footed on Mario Kovacic and gets sent off as well. Probably be another ga- another card that'll pick up a multi-game suspension. So I doubt we see him again this season. And, and Leeds are already down on numbers. Um, so, yeah, I think this is this has been uh, a disaster uh, for Leeds the last couple of games. I mean, while it was Arsenal and, Ch- and Chelsea, you might not think that they were going to get anything out of it. But the uh, the knock-on effects of the injuries and the suspensions are going to certainly make it a lot harder for them going forward. And, you know, this is a Chelsea team as well that you've got to remember have got one eye on um, Monday morning New Zealand time, the FA Cup final. So they were a team that was potentially there for, you know, for Leeds to get something out of. So this season for Liverpool that uh, was promising or, or could promise four titles, four trophies, now is uh, really starting to come to the business end of it. It looks, for all intents and purposes, unless something happens in these last two games, which is uh, against the odds, 
Uh, I'm not sure they're going to get the EPL title, uh, Ricardo. You look now that uh, behind on goal difference as well in Man City's uh, 5-1 victory this morning enhances that from their point of view. So Liverpool perhaps hoping against hope here? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think, you know, City have got nothing to concentrate on except the league. So they've got two games left of their season. They've got to go to West Ham on Monday and then they are at home to Aston Villa the following Monday. Those are their last two games of the season. That's all they've got to play for uh, is the league title. And, you know, we saw today was, you know, I, I heard uh, Jonathan Woodgate, the former England um, centre-back and, and, and Spurs centre-back, as well, saying that he thought, this was yesterday, uh, that Manchester City could struggle to get something out of Wolves. He, think, he thought they were going to drop points there, but Wolves really... To just put the white flag up from day one. I think they're, uh, to use the term, on the beach already, Smithy. And, and, you know, Kevin De Bruyne put on an absolute class. He finished with four goals and a 5-1 hammering. Um, so I don't see City dropping points. So I think you can rule the league title out for Liverpool. Because the other thing is, even if City, say, draw with West Ham, only get four points from the last two games, as you mentioned, their goal difference is so good uh, that Liverpool would probably have to, you know, have a couple of massive results at the end of the season to try and overhaul that because they're so far ahead in terms of goal difference. Well, we know that the, the bottom side, uh, the bottom end of the table, three sides will be um, demoted uh, if, in favour of three sides coming up from um, the championship. But the, the interesting thing for me here uh, is, is these games coming up at the weekend. Uh, Tottenham, Burnley, uh, important for Tottenham to stay, try and stay in touch with uh, Arsenal. But for Burnley, here's an opportunity. Leeds, Brighton, uh, they're massive. They're, they're massive games. Yeah, absolutely huge games. You know, and I, I know you, uh, you have Spurs affiliation, Smithy, but tomorrow morning we see Spurs host Arsenal. Um, and they've got to get through that game first. And the result of that game could influence the result of the Burnley game in a way. Because, you know, if Spurs don't win that game, they can't be caught by Manchester United. Um, but if they don't win that game, they, they won't be able to catch Arsenal either, um, in all probability. So it's then what do Tottenham have to play for? Um, so, I mean, if you're a Burnley fan, you're probably hoping that Arsenal get something out of that. And, and, and then, you know, that unmotivates Spurs in a way, um, because that's kind of where it is. But that game tomorrow morning is absolutely massive at, uh, at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And I think that could have some impact. And then, yeah, look, you look at Leeds. Sure, they're at home against Brighton. But Brighton are a team that certainly aren't on the beach. I mean, we saw that on the weekend. They beat Manchester United 4-0. Biggest, biggest result they've ever had against Manchester United. And they currently sit ninth in the league, which as it stands would be their highest ever placing in English football. Right, Manchester City aren't sitting still and resting on their laurels either. Let's look at who they've uh, just been in the market to sign. Uh, Erling Haaland. Uh, now, this is a player, of course, who a number of sides have had a, a lot of interest in. In fact, I think Manchester United uh, had a crack at him uh, three years ago as well and uh, missed out. This is uh, a, the Norwegian superstar. Um, so City not sitting back. No, they're not at all. And yeah, you're right. I mean, um, when he was at Molde, uh, which is a you know one of the top Norwegian teams, um, Erling Haaland as a, as, a, as a youngster, his coach was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and um, there, there was certainly a relationship there. And when Ole was at United, it, he was certainly insinuating that there was a, good, a deal to be done there, and that um, you know Haaland wanted to work not only with Ole again, but also wanted to uh, play with Ronaldo before the end of his career. So. All the all the signs at that point were were pointing towards a Manchester United move. That's obviously not happened. He's gone to Manchester City, and it's a massive signing. It really is a massive signing. And considering this is a team that were trying to buy, you know, Harry Kane this time last year, um, I think, you know, the fact that Tottenham was so stubborn about that, it's actually done City a favour because I think this is a far better signing than Harry Kane would have been um, because he's younger. He's only twenty one. 
and he's got much more in front of him. I think he's. I think he'll be a better player. So I mean, I look at Erling Haaland. He he does have a little bit of a worry about an injury record the last year um, for a guy who's 21. But I mean, if he can put that behind him, I think you know you're looking at Erling Haaland as a guy at his age already will start to threaten the goal records of of, of Cristiano Ronaldo in in Europe and domestically. So does that mean uh, Tottenham will get rid of Harry Kane or was, uh, or not? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, Kane seems to have settled down now. I think a lot there depends on if they get Champions League football because if they do, then Antonio Conte will stay. There's some talk that if they miss out on Champions League football, Conte may go to PSG because they're going to get rid of uh, Pochettino. So we'll have to, that'll be a bit of a wait and see. Um, but, I mean, the other, you know, the other option um, there is that uh, Romelu Lukaku is on the outer really at Chelsea. It hasn't really worked for him there. He's not that happy there. But where he had his best recent football was in Milan under Antonio Conte. So, you know, there's a swap deal on the, on, on the cards. I know the new Chelsea owner, the American guy that owns the LA Dodgers, has talked about wanting to build an English spine. He's already talked about wanting to sign Declan Rice, Harry Maguire and Harry Kane. So maybe there's a swap deal on the cards. Kane goes to Chelsea, Lukaku goes to Spurs to, to work with Conte. Who's who's uh, your boys? Who are Manchester United going to be targeting off season to turn this around, mate? Well, there's there's, there's a few names. There's a kid called Darwin Nunez who is um, has come through at Benfica. Um, he's had a pretty good season this year. He's uh, he's only young. He's only young, 22. Um, so he's a player that's been talked about as a striker because they do need to bring in a, another striker with Cavani going. Um, Anthony Martial probably going as well, and and the clouded future of Mason Greenwood. So they definitely need to bring another striker to back up Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, and Frankie de Jong is another one who's a former Ajax player, played under Eric Ten Hag, uh, has been at Barcelona uh, the last couple of years. But Xavi is, you know, took over mid-season. He wants to rebuild that squad. He sees Frankie de Jong as a guy that he can get some money for and help with the rebuild. So there is some talk that United will go in for Frankie de Jong for probably around seventy million euros. Um, and he's a he's a midfielder who can do everything. I mean, he's he's more of an attacking midfielder. But uh, the way that Ten Hag plays, he plays with two tens, if you like, two two playmakers. So he could fit that role. But he can also play as an eight, you know, a box to box type midfielder. So those are two that they're being talked about at the moment. And um, yeah, I think the transfer policy at United seems to have changed. Normally, there's lots of leaks, lots of leaks, lots of leaks. But we're not seeing that at the moment. So. Um, with Mike Judge and Ed Woodward um, gone and the two of the top scouts gone as well, it looks like that culture of transfers, the way they've done, is, is changing at United. One of the other things I wanted to talk to you about is a change of ownership at Chelsea gone to basically the LA Dodgers. Is that true? Yeah, 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 that's right. So I think the guy's name is Tom Booley, um, and he is a, I think he's like the half owner of the LA Dodgers. Um, and yeah, he's, he's bought Chelsea for, uh, well, depends which newspaper you read, but somewhere in the region of three to three and a half billion pounds. Um, most of that money is going to go sit in, a, in an account that Abramovich can't touch um, and uh, due to government regulations over there at the moment and, and what's going on in Ukraine. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens from there because, you know, he's not a, he's not a, you know, a, a, a dumb guy, Bill Lee. You look at what he's done with the Dodgers. So Chelsea, things will change at Chelsea because apparently they were running at a loss, a monthly loss of somewhere around 
£900,000, which was just being topped up by Roman Abramovich all the time. Um, so I think you'll probably see some changes. They're probably going to have to cut the cloth a wee bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes from here. He has, he has come out and said that he backs Thomas Tuchel and, and will give him funds to use. Uh, but Chelsea do this uh, thing that they're famous for is where they sign a million players and they send like 50 of them out on loan. So they've always got these players out on loan. Um, but I, I wonder if that might look, they might look at that and they might cut that back because they do have a, a large, large squad and, and that's obviously costing them a lot of, a lot of money. Uh, this outrageous story um, in Britain, and it's a football story of sorts, uh, but it isn't uh, relating to football as such. It's relating to the wags, and they're calling it Wagatha Christie. I don't know if you've been reading about this. This is amazing. This is Mrs Vardy. This is Mrs Vardy. Mm. Uh, wife of Jamie Vardy suing Mrs Rooney, wife of Wayne Rooney, for libel, basically. Now, this is as getting as, as much as much tenure in the media as some of the football itself. This is a bizarre story. It's weird, mate. I mean, and the British media love this sort of stuff, don't they? Um, so it's from what I understand, Colleen Rooney had uh, somebody who was running her... Um, Instagram accounts and things, and somehow that's related to um, Vardy's wife. And then things were leaked. Uh, all these stories that were private stories were, you know, that were happening in the Rooney household were getting leaked to the papers. And it's she's accused Mrs. Vardy of being the leak, and that's where this has come from. Um, so it's all pretty ugly. Um, but yeah, I mean, when the when the the wags, as they, uh, they they get dubbed, uh, are headline news. You know there's something not quite right, mate. I, I, yeah, I haven't paid a heap of attention to it. I know the basics, but, yeah, it, it feels like a cat fight, and, um, yeah, it's pretty ugly. Well, it is when both husbands turn up to court as well um, and, you know, just on their arms. It's just quite how they can't sort this out out of court. Uh, there's an interesting one. Uh, Graham's just texted in. As you well know, we get them uh, during the show. Uh, Ricardo... Uh, can you ask Ricardo uh, what the deal is with Gareth Bale? Still a very good footballer, but seems out of favour pretty much with everyone. Well, everyone except Wales. Um, yeah, he's he's out of favour in Spain. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure exactly the deal behind um, behind the scenes, but he gets accused of not wanting it enough at Madrid, and the Madrid papers particularly are being savage on him. Um, saying that you know he'd rather play golf than play for Real Madrid, and he is a big, he's a big golf fan. He gets out and plays plays every opportunity apparently, and Gareth Bale's not taking that lying down. Uh, you know I, I don't know if you remember, but he scored a goal for Wales, which I think qualified them for the last Euros. And while he was celebrating, he held up a Welsh flag that said Wales Golf Madrid, and like in that order. <laughs> which was a dig at the, <laughs> at, at, the Span, at the at the Spanish media. So, uh, and that didn't they don't have a sense of humour about that sort of thing. So that didn't go down well. There had been some talk about him signing uh, with Spurs on a free transfer because his, his uh, contract with Real Madrid is up this summer. Uh, but that has gone quiet. And the last, uh, the latest I've seen, which would be a step down, I don't, I can't see this happening, is that he goes to his hometown club of Cardiff in the Championship. But I think he's got so much about him that there'd be a, a Premier League side that would definitely offer him a contract before he goes there. OK, let's look at uh, this weekend. I've got a text in from Brian to say, Smithy, I can't believe the odds on the Wellington Phoenix to beat Western United, a team they've beaten three mm. times already this year, are $3.75. I think we touched on this last week. Head-to-head in the halftime full-time double is $7. He says they're ridiculous odds. Uh, Brian, thanks for the text. Uh, so let's look at that this uh, weekend. Western United Phoenix, Saturday, 9.45. Adelaide uh, Central Coast Mariners, Sunday at 6 o'clock. What are you forecasting here, Ricardo? Well, yeah, you know, I think I think Brian's got a really good point because you know you look at um, at 
what he just said there. I mean, the last time these two teams met, the Phoenix won 4-1 in, uh, in Melbourne. So, uh, and they did it pretty comfortably. You know, they were, they were 3-0 up at half-time. Um, Western United pulled one back, and then the Phoenix scored again to, to put them to bed. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's a really good call. I, th- I think it's great money as well. Um, and, you know, if you look at uh, who the Phoenix have got back now as well, you know, Gary Hooper's had a couple of games under his belt. Great striker. David Ball got, a, uh, you know, a week off last week to help recover from those injuries, rest up a bit because he's been doing so much. We've got Clayton Lewis now back in the midfield as well. Feels like the timing is right. And I, I think, mm. you know, at the end of a season like this, Western United haven't been playing great football. But there's something about, uh, also about Western United is that the core of their team is quite well. You know, Stephen Lustica, uh, Neil Kilkenny, uh, Nikolai Topper-Stanley are all well into their 30s, like mid, mid-30s and beyond. I think Topper-Stanley might even be 37, 38. So, um, you know, how they go after sort of a reasonably long season um, and, and get to this point, it feels like that they had been running out of legs a little bit anyway because they were in second place comfortably. Uh, and then they've given that up to Melbourne Victory with the run that Victory were on. So, yeah, I think every chance that you see the Phoenix win this and then they uh, will get a home and away series because uh, it's two-legged once you get to the semi-finals. Um, given that they're six, they will probably play Melbourne City. Okay, and Adelaide and uh, Central Coast. Yeah, that's a tougher one to pick. I think you know um, the the guy that has taken over there, um, Nick Montgomery, who was a former player at Central Coast Mariners. I mean, they've got the smallest budget in the league, um, and he's done a lot of that with the guys out of the youth team. So in a way, they they're quite similar to. Uh, the Wellington Phoenix, and he's just got them playing really, really good football, playing as a team. Um, and, I, I, you know, it's impressive that they've got where they are. I mean, they've touched the Phoenix up a couple of times as well, which which we've seen, and uh, yeah, not not enjoyed that too much from this side of the Tasman. So he's got a team that's playing really good football. I do think that Adelaide have a bit more about them, and they've got a guy in Craig Goodwin who's a real match winner. I think he will probably be the MVP for the season. Uh, I think they call it the Johnny Warren medal in the A-League. Um, he is super important to Adelaide. He's a guy that can, can pull a trick out of anywhere. They can play him up front. They can play him as a mm. team. They can play him wide either side as well. And he is crucial to Adelaide. They are a solid side. They're a tough side to break down. I think in terms of a big game uh, and, and it being in Adelaide as well, that you have to, have to look at Craig Goodwin um, and Adelaide. I think they will probably just edge it. Okay, Ricardo Borlea. Hey, Ricardo, just by the by... Uh, I want you to take it easy over the next uh, two or three days because you've got a massive week next week. You've got some seriously big shoes to fill next week. Mate, I, I mean, nobody nobody can take the place of a legend. You know, you, all you can do is your best, <laughs> Smithy. That's what, that's what I keep telling myself. Oh, well, Ricardo. Um, actually, I, 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 the following week I'll be filling in for you. That's, that's what it boils down to. That's the legendary status <laughs> that you have achieved because of your fantastic all-round knowledge, but in particular your football knowledge, which we thank you for again. This week, mate, uh, outstanding. EPL games over the weekend. The Phoenix, plenty to talk about uh, next week when uh, we're all, uh, one of us will be on a holiday, but you'll be back at work. So that'll be the focus of your shows, I would imagine, too. Ricardo, thank you very much. Yeah, no worries, Smithy, anytime. Have a good holiday. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.